0: Summer version, Steph. Here it comes. Wait for so it. Bring it.
1: Woo! 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 Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another always very special episode of Ignite Radio Live over the five mighty stations
0: of Annunciation Radio for the Almighty. You are with Greg and Stephanie Schleter, and we are blessed beyond measure to be with you once again. Mm-hmm. Let's hear it for all the folks who put this all together at Annunciation Radio. Ooh, I only
1: have ooh, one ooh, hand, a pair ooh. of hands, I should say. Seriously. Re- rousing applause anthem stadium applause is what we should have had. Absolutely. So hear it in your heads, folks. Hear it Use in your, your heads. That's right. We're well, talking that, with Ron, right, just before we got on air, and just the the uh, amazing vision and um, selflessness of people who brought this station into being. And uh, it would be great to hear them recount that story sometime. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's somewhere, but just the blessing of Deacon Mike and that crew. And now, kind of a stage two, right, right, uh, right. In, into the next phase and continue to grow and build up that base. So, folks, just join us in continuing to pray and uh, yes, seek the blessing absolutely. on this wonderful That's station. Where I was going. And, Financially contribute. Yes. Yes.
0: And So what do we got going tonight, Steph? So we know you guys have been so much anticipating stop number five for the family road trip podcast. Cue the applause. Yay. Applause, yes. Applause, applause. Um, With four extremely wonderful and, as you say, heroic couples who are really bringing it into their homes and living it and sharing quite candidly um, about what the Lord is doing there. So... And
1: also... And after also this,
0: stay tuned after the, we have our little journey with those four couples because we have two extra special guests. Live. Live.
1: Following the
0: podcast. Who are going to bestow upon us some beautiful grandparental, is that grandparental, a word? Grandparental, however. Uh, wisdom. So often they are uh, overlooked for, for the great gift um, and source of wisdom that the Lord desires them to be and us to be receptive to that. So we look forward to that conversation. Who are they? Oh, are we going to reveal Why it now? Not? Sure. So Bernie and Judy Schleeder.
1: Delighted to have them tonight.
0: Yes. So
1: um, stay tuned. Y- you for will recognize
0: that last name. They are Greg's wonderful parents that I claim as my own also. So um, they're anxious to be with you all tonight. So without further ado... Please buckle up and hold on. Here we go.
2: Oh my gosh, look at the baby. I know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice. So precious.
1: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the fifth stop of our seven-week journey of the Family Road Trip Podcast. Is it the fifth already? It's the fifth already. For real? Yes.
0: The fifth stop.
1: You're supposed to do the second part of this, though.
0: And I shall, after...
1: Do I need to cue you again? Just like that excitement... You are with
0: Craig and Stephanie Schleter, and we are delighted to be with our dear four couples who are along with us on this journey for this awesome ride together.
1: So folks, which of us do not like adventure? Do you know how many billions of dollars are spent on movies? I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. You don't know the power. Of the dark side. On books, on drama, even video games have increased drama involved with them. The reality is, we're designed for drama. We are made for drama. Holy shnikes. And if we don't discover our own drama, in which we are not just spectators, but participants. You never know what you're going to get. We're making up drama. Come on. Now, which of us don't know, those around us, maybe ourselves, if we're really honest, that we create drama? How about just living the drama God made us for? Well what is that drama? We've said this in the past, but if you look at every single movie, every single story ever told, it has kind of four main movements.
3: Hello, hello, anybody home? Hey, think fly
1: They begin at a certain point. Point A. Wax on, wax off. Then they encounter conflict, struggle, difficulty. A crucible, shall we say. That's movement two. Houston, we have a problem. Then, coming through that crucible, they discover more fully who they are. That's who I am. That's point three. And number four, that informs their mission.
4: We're on a mission from
1: God. This is the the defining drama of our lives. Life, death, resurrection, and Pentecost. And it's woven into our world right now. The struggles that we face... In our marriages, in our families, in our world, God sees and He knows. And there are occasions for us to be purified, to more fully discover our identity and to live it. So the family road trip podcast, what's that all about? It's about spending time every week to put a flag in the sand in our homes, to talk and pray, to go deeper and to discover that reality of God alive in our family narrative, in our family stories. So check it out at I Us Build those blocks. Take those steps. Join us on this journey every week of gathering your family together to talk and pray. It is ritual ritual is something we've got to do with the busyness of our lives. Otherwise, we are exchanging blessedness for busyness. We've got to make that time. We invite you to join us in the difficulty, the awkwardness, all of that in making it happen. And You can find out more at ilovemyfamily.us. So let's get it started. Let's get it
3: started in here. Let's get it started.
1: Thanks for joining us here at uh, the Family Road Podcast. We're going to move along right now to our wonderful co-journers on the road with us who have said yes to this journey. Mm-hmm. Share one thing you're grateful for. Let's begin with the hunt Hmm,
0: I wonder what you're going to share. <laughs> <laughs> well, related to what you're probably expecting us to share... Um, I am just grateful for the family and friends who have supported us in
5: prayer and then who are supporting us after the arrival of our babies. Um, Just having their support to help us out has
3: been really great.
1: That's awesome. (laughs) Twinners. Hunter Brinker Twinners.
3: And they have heartbreaker Twinners. Uh, so mine is very similar to Ellen's. Obviously, this week it's uh, uh, we we had two beautiful baby girls enter our family, yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. so just the the amazing doctors and nursing staff at the hospital was just absolutely wonderful. And then just so many family and friends who have poured out their love upon us has just been amazing.
0: Awesome, thank you so much, and we share in that delight and gratitude. Hummisons.
2: I, I, like I am grateful to have had um, a wonderful, faith filled vacation with my family who have spent that time together.
1: Uh, grateful for. Uh, our, obviously our family, and uh, also work and other opportunities that, that we're blessed with here in our country. Oh, job, like Let's go across town to the Banars. What is one thing you're grateful for?
0: Right now I'm grateful for my five-year-old who's downstairs screaming. <laughs> oh, Mom, <laughs> <laughs> repeatedly.
2: Oh. I'm grateful for friends, really. This past week uh, I had a chance to hang out with friends.
5: Daniels. I am thankful for our parish. We're parishioners at Holy Trinity, and uh, we're led by a very holy priest, um, Father Mike, and we just have a great community there, and I'm very thankful for them.
3: I'm thankful for um, <clears throat> this past weekend, My we were visiting my mom um, in Columbus, so we should have met up,
0: yeah, we, we should have.
3: And uh, we were all, my so my mom, my sister, her husband, and their two kids and our family, we were all at Mass together. Um, and my side of the family isn't Catholic, um, and it was a blessing to have everyone uh, there together. So that's
1: Referred to Father Mike Danderan, their pastor at Holy Trinity. He is now leading us in these seven weeks in a a video series called Making the Most Out of Mass. So if you go to ilovemyfamily.us and you're doing the gathering guide, you're going to see short little videos, no more than 10 minutes, that I think you'll find truly inspiring and insightful and authentic. All right, give us kind of an overview of your lit group experience this past week. Let's begin with the Hunterbringers. Hunter Bringers, yeah, you brought the twins. The Hunter Brinkers <laughs>
4: want to know a lot more about God. Find some songs I can't play about God. Nothing live again dwell without God. We're gonna talk about
3: the Lord tonight. Overall this week uh, was a little nuts, we'll say. Uh kids were at multiple sleepovers while we were in the hospital. Uh and so coming back together as a family uh was, was a little tough today and so we we did it this afternoon a little wound up um but overall they did uh, respond to some pretty good questions i would say hummus
2: i think our family gathering went really well um i don't know if it's like a full moon or something but we also did it today and the kids were a little energetic know, a little energetic a little antsy <laughs> was very impressed by their thoughts from the gospel and i think that over the last 4 or 5 weeks that they have really gone deeper in reflecting on the gospel so we read the the parable of the good samaritan and i just was really impressed especially by the younger kids how they made different connections
0: it's Benares.
2: We, as usual, did it on Sunday morning, and it seems that every week there is some kind of resistance. The oldest ones started to resisting at first, but I was able to kind of diffuse it, address it ahead of time. But then the younger one started kind of just sabotaging the whole thing, <laughs> <laughs> not responding to anything and just kind of making fun of it. But until we got to the forgiveness part, they were almost turned into a fight. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> they just want to want to have more to ask for forgiveness, right?
2: Right. So then we had to talk about forgiveness and and how to do it and uh, how you not comment on what their person is apologizing for.
0: Daniels.
3: So we were traveling. We listened to Father Mike's, uh, to the video this week. And so at the end of the video, we kind of went around and, and we <laughs> had an impromptu question, which is, what what's your favorite part of the Mass? And um, awesome. we just went around, and Joe, our, our going, he's going into second grade and super excited for his first, making his first Holy Communion. Joe says, right now my favorite part is going up and receiving a blessing at Communion time. Mm. And then he adds... For now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's great. Go Joe. And,
3: yeah, and and then and I both uh kinda looked at each other and had it not been for that time, I don't think we would have um had that moment of getting to see how excited he's very much thinking about um as he goes into his second grade year. That was awesome. <laughs>
1: Folks, so blessed to have you all with us, tuned in, and on the journey with the uh, Family Road Trip podcast. We're really embracing together the journey, the God-designed journey, the custom-designed retreat that is ordinary life. Think about that. We like retreats, weekend retreats, day-long retreats. They make an impact on our lives, don't they? Well, we're inviting you to think about your ordinary life as a custom-designed retreat, especially with your marriage and family, that your home can be that kind of culture, that kind of place where we more fully encounter God alive. My
3: soul.
4: come away,
1: to, hunger, to see. We're going to move on to the last question and go around here on the fifth stop of the seven-week journey. Share a story indicating an evident way someone in your family is being impacted by gathering together every week and doing this live-it gathering, which a little commercial again has found at I Love My us. Let's begin with the Hunter Brinkers.
0: I think it was last week we shared having intentional conversations with our kids through doing the um, gathering has been good for us. And then tonight I think we saw that with Vaughn, our four year old, um, when it came time to apologize to someone, you know, in the past few weeks, we've had to prompt him and like give him like little bits of how to say an apology. And then tonight, he was able to apologize to Brett for something he did or didn't do. And, um, but he just went through the whole apology. It was simple, but he did it all on his own. So to see him grow in that way was really cool. That was oh, awesome. <laughs>
1: In a similar fashion, we had a young person in our family apologizing for misdeeds. And no one fights like siblings fight, yep. right? It's biblical, yep. isn't it? Yep. So she apologized to her sister and her mom. That was
3: oh. Oh. <laughs> the The When we do the affirmations, I can see that
0: my oldest has been affected by it. And in the last couple of weeks, Our relationship has uh, been a little bit easier,
3: and beautiful.
0: Yeah, so that's a big deal.
3: That was. It's amazing
0: how intentionally speaking life, if you will, and affirming can have such an impact, in particular on a young soul.
1: Right now, I encourage you parents out there to think about your children. Think about maybe what is a prominent area that you can really affirm them and an encouragement for you tonight or tomorrow. Take that moment and eyeball to eyeball, express that 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 affirmation or that encouragement from the heart of the father.
0: And last but certainly not least, the Daniels.
5: Actually, at the end of our gathering, we were just finishing up and our six-year-old daughter, Maria. Um, we were getting ready to pray, and she said, "I have something that I think I would like to add to the to this <laughs> talk." And we're like, "Okay." Um, she was, "I think it's something we should do every time, and I think it will make it better."
0: <laughs> That's awesome. And we said, "Okay,
5: well, <laughs> what is it?" She's, "I think at the end we should each decide on someone that we will pray for for the entire week." Oh. Uh... Um, God and bless
1: maria
5: i said maria that's a great idea um you know so we all went around and you know chose someone that we would be um you know committed to praying for for the week but uh, maria especially she always is one that reminds us of our um special talk she calls it mm-hmm. um, and she just you can see that she enjoys it she cherishes the time um, and she's growing from it.
4: That
1: was awesome. Folks, you're with us on the Family Road Trip podcast, and we're so blessed to be on this journey, discovering the extraordinary in the ordinary, discovering this custom-designed retreat that God gives us. And in this summer, we just encourage you to really receive that scripture passage that all creation proclaims the glory of god all creation proclaims the glory of god and steph my beautiful wife right here by my side did not know i was going to cure for this but we were reading the toledo blade which is from our region and there was a map there that showed some rivers and she had this awesome little insight as to the origin of the river that moves through our toledo area steph I know i'm putting you on the spot but i thought it was really neat so go ahead
0: so, <laughs> being put on the spot, it was in Sunday's paper and it was in a neat article on the river run down the Maumee Mo- River. And so it had all these facts and I guess the Maumee forms where the St. Joseph River and the St. Mary River in Fort Wayne, Indiana, um, that's right where it is. And I said, why didn't they call it the Jesus River?
1: awesome get it
0: joseph and mary and it came from them so
1: we're gonna start from here forward in this holy toledo area call it the jesus river and you can say it started (laughs) right here folks so glad to have you along for the ride the family road trip podcast the fifth stop of seven god bless you and please know how much god loves you and just wants to pour forth in our marriages and families his abundant love receive that grace yourself and let it overflow into your marriage and family god bless you until next time. We're right back with you here. Ignite Radio Live over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio. And uh, so blessed that you are with us on this journey. You just heard the fifth stop, season two of the seven week journey. And again, we encourage you to go to I ilovemyfamily.us. And I'm particularly thankful to Jay Jackson for the quirky, fun music um, where he takes popular music and he adds Christian lyrics to them. It allows us to sort of navigate um, legally, if you will. Certainly the radio station pays all of that, but to continue it with the podcast afterwards. So thanks to them. And if you want to hear some really great music, go to apologetics.com. And now, what, Steph?
0: Well, first, I just want to comment once again, just a big thank you to these couples. I continue to be so inspired by them and choked up listening to mm-hmm. them, um, even though I heard it live the first time, just the, um, the realness and the grace that the Lord is just blessing them with through their yes, and um, just awesome. And if anybody missed it at the very beginning, the Hunterbrinkers did have their little twin girls um, a few days ago, so congratulations to them yes. and huge shout-outs and uh, continued prayers.
1: With no further ado, we, over the last four, four years of this program, have had many of my personal heroes as guests on this program, national sports figures and theologians and all kinds of wonderful people. And tonight are two of my favorite, top of the list, um, Bernie, was the hospital administrator his whole life, CEO of hospitals. And then when we moved to Ohio, at some point, he was the deputy director for the Department of Health. Um, Very instrumental for the closing of many abortion clinics, 20-plus in the state of Ohio and uh, formed fabulous children, especially his second oldest living is um, a stellar example and model. Um, The woman who is with us tonight, Judy Schleter, a remarkable wife and mother, she, in addition to being a superhero in those regards, always involved in the school systems and making a difference in the community and working side-by-side with my dad and truly cultural transformation early on when those weren't even, I don't know, understood. They were leading us in the early days of even this weird thing for Catholics of talking and praying from the heart. Anyways, in latter days, really last, I don't know how many years, 15, 20 years, she founded Bethesda Post-Abortion Healing Ministry, a very vital ministry that's helping women and men recover uh, from the trauma of abortion, and uh, that's been pretty awesome. That's professionally, but I know them as mom and dad, and tonight they're with us to uh, help impart some grandparental wisdom to us that I also have to add parents of 12 what do I mean by that seven of us living five miscarriages our older sister Anne Marie made it almost a week and uh, she is up in heaven looking after us along with the other five and they have I stopped counting how many grandchildren at some point but 50 plus I believe grandchildren are attributed to them welcome aboard mom and dad Schleter thank you for being with us Hello,
6: Greg and Stephanie. Hey, Greg. Hello, Stephanie. hello. Thank you. Stephanie
4: and audience. Dad, do you have we a... We
6: are having trouble with this telephone, so if you can't hear we've tried everything, and we hope that we're clear and that we're able to get through. You sound Thank wonderful. Thank you
1: for inviting us to be part of your evening. We're delighted that you're with us. And Mom and Dad, just to sort of set this up a little bit, it was prompted by this past weekend's events. And just for our listeners... Uh, who know we're in partnership with this Damascus Catholic Youth Summer Camp. Well, four of my parents' kids, so three of my siblings, including us, had children this past the past week at the Catholic Youth Summer Camp. So how cool, first of all, to have that generation of cousins fully encountering Christ alive in the Catholic faith. Um, I had uh, our son, Joseph, our daughter, Anne-Marie, and his boyfriend, Colin, involved down there also in being on the ministry side of things. So we met for the closing Mass on Friday. Friday, very, very moving. Obviously, the Eucharist, uh, Father Eric Schild, phenomenal job uh, just bringing us Jesus and his homily was amazing. Father Jeff Macbeth was there on hand, Father Philip Smith. Folks, you could not be more proud of our diocese and our bishop, and just the atmosphere that we have and the presence we have revealed in that setting of a thousand plus parents and kids gathered, many of whom were from Toledo. Anyways, um, after that family mass, if you should say CYSC mass, we came back to my sister, so there's six boys and a girl living now, Rachel. We went to Rachel's house and all of us congregated. My brother Bart came with his wife from Wisconsin area with some of their younger children. I think they have like 13. I've stopped counting at some point. But anyways, they came and that experience of um, expression circling up, certainly having a meal, talking, enjoying each other's company, but at some point we did what we've asked, encouraged you folks to do. What's that? Circle up and spend a time of talking and praying and apology, forgiveness, and praying over one another. My brother Bart is facing a bit of a cancer scare right now, so be praying for him. His daughter survived cancer. Uh, Another niece, Bernadette, um, you've heard some of us tell that story. So we're a family that was brought together, three generations, my parents down to them, gathered together, and what a delightful experience of knowing that um, God is so alive in our relationships in spite of the mess, in spite of the struggles. So... First of all, let me just say, Mom and Dad, you must have felt a tinge of pride in a good way to have your family, not all there, but most of us gathered, and that we can gather in such a way. Cue you.
6: I, I, I think at this stage in our lives, Bernie will be 79 in October, and I will be 78 in December. <clears throat> and as we gathered, I would go back for a minute to any of you who have been part of Damascus. Um, the, the beautiful part about Damascus is that the unknowing see Jesus and meet Jesus in a new way. And we had five grandchildren present, from, including Grace from Toledo, um, for the closing Mass. And a number of our grandchildren had not been to this experience of praising God and the beauty of the liturgy. And the numbers, there must have been five to 700 young people there. And they were all attentive, and they were all on fire. And two of our grandchildren shared with me later on that they thought that they knew jesus they had been formed they could talk about the religion and their faith but to them very very tenderly and beautifully said but grandma this time i fell in love with jesus Mm -hmm. and i know how much he loves me and that's what it's all about. So there were 30 of our family members there to be a part of that liturgy for the young people finishing up their week. I think as a grandparent we all know the, the wonder and the joy of sharing those beautiful holy moments with our children and our grandchildren. And as Greg referenced, when we returned to Toledo, um, <laughs> we've always said wall stretch, Well, Friday night, wall stretch, That was that evening. We had twenty-two sleepovers at our house. Don't ask (laughs) me where they all. Seven different spaces. You probably don't want to know. Before that, when we gathered at our daughter Rachel's house, the um, the, it was almost a reunion. Bart had not been here for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, The cousins were meeting and getting acquainted again. It was just a whole series of. When you talk, I think there were over thirty present just Friday night, and. As we we gather, keenly aware that our oldest son has gone through, all families gone through the bumps Mm -hmm. and the the struggles and and the victories. And so all of us being together is truly a victory of grace, and Bart will be encountering surgery for cancer. It's a second bout. And um, and Greg mentioned little Claire, who's now 16, had terminal cancer and believes that she's had a real miracle mm-hmm. uh, through prayers and intercession of Father Walter physics five or six years ago. So this prayer, and as Greg led the prayer, and Joseph played the guitar, and, and the children all, teenagers all, joined in and singing. And Bart wept as um, mm-hmm. his wife, Lauren, knelt with him, and we laid on hands, and it was just a for me, it was the step outside of heaven, just so close that we could experience the, the graces and the pain and the recognition of the bumps, sick friends. There are there always going to be bumps when you have children, but when you have pretty competitive boys and <laughs> well, they live in a bigger house and share life, and here yes. they're coming together as mature men, uh, still full of fun and joy and love of the Lord, and, and the wives and the children. For us, that was. This has been an amazing, wonderful weekend. But I have to say, these things don't happen overnight. They're they're really the seasons of our lives. I was listening to the wonderful couples talking about their families and what the week has been like, and I was in myself thinking back to those days in our lives, and the seasons are so interesting. We're we're in a season now that we've never been in. We're looking toward eternity in a whole, fresh new way. Mm -hmm. And we say to our children, we've been in your season, but you've never been in ours. Mm -hmm. And yet every child's season is different, and I'm talking too much. Bernie's here. We really have a bad phone. You're
1: awesome. You're um, awesome.
6: Would you like like, great questions? So I I have some questions. I,
1: I want to maximize this time, and I want to begin with asking the question, uh, or at least he's setting the stage, that some grandparents listening right now are lamenting children who are, have gone astray. And we're all, in a sense, astray until we see our Makers. So number one is the realization, folks, that we're all on that journey. But they're lamenting the loss of children who've, who are no longer practicing their faith, and they're seeing the, the culture and its toxicity take over. What words of encouragement or wisdom do you have to those grandparents out there right now who are in that place?
6: Are you talking, Greg, about children who have made choices and decisions and at the c- current moment parents are feeling pretty sad and um, perhaps yep. alienated and not certain yes. what to do or where to go or what's happening? Are you talking about that kind yeah, of with situation? That. Yes,
1: And but grandparents in particular, to, to your own generation.
6: Um, I believe that our generation feels powerfully the, um, the loss of, of, and I, when I mean lost, that sounds so definite. Uh, we're all Monicas. I think as our children mm-hmm. and our grandchildren go through the stages of life, we really need to lean not only on our Blessed Mother, but we need to, to remember and recall the life of Monica, whose son, as we all know, St. Augustine, had made very many poor decisions. I think there was a illegitimate birth. There might have been abortion. I don't know. But the, but the reality is we have saints who have gone before us, and... And as we look at these children, I really believe that God hears the mother's prayers. Mm. I believe that our children and our grandchildren may push back when we try to speak with them about some of the very important sinful choices that they're making. They may be not talk to us for a while, but I, I, I really believe that as we speak in love to them, we might not hear for a bit, but after a while, there might be a song we remember that they played for us when they were teenagers. And I've hunted down many songs that a couple of our children have brought to me years ago, and I will, I will, turn on Alexa and I'll play the song and put it on their phone message box. <laughs> I really try to so keep good. in touch with the things that we remember. We're proud of our traditional values. I touch back to those moments, whether it's a song, whether it's a note. Um, For graduation for one of our grandsons this year who's bopping around his own little world, and I didn't know what to give him for. We didn't know what to give him for graduation from high school. And just going through a box in the basement, I found his fingerprints, his Mm. handprints, from when he was in kindergarten. And I thought about those handprints, and I was praying about what are these hands saying? Where have these hands been? Is he aware of what decisions he's making that those little hands of a five- or six-year-old, and now he's an 18-year-old? What happened to those hands? So I wrote him a poem. Um, I'm not a great poet, but I really prayed my heart into God's use of those hands and his mm-hmm. desire for them to use those hands well. Took it to Hobby Lobby, had it framed, and gave it to him, I thought, he's probably, he's probably not going to do anything with it. He'll throw it away. But when we visited a week later, He had it and he pulled it out and he said, I'm just trying to figure out, Grandma, where to put it. It really meant a lot to me. That's awesome. That's such a risk, but I think we need to take risks with our kids that are kooky. Sometimes our kids are so kooky as grandkids, (laughs) we can do kooky things with them and they think it's kind of nice. I love your Um,
1: honesty. I love your honesty and your boldness. And what I'm hearing you say to even parents, certainly, but grandparents, is find that entry point find that place of relational connection that obviously uh, catechetical truths are life-saving and very important and weigh heavy, but I'm hearing you say, get down eyeball to eyeball and find that thing, a song, a poem, something that keeps that door of relationship open where that that maybe uh, deeper conversation can happen. Is that fair?
6: Absolutely. and. Being in the car with our grandkids It's really, really a treat We had one of our grandkids drive us to the master I had him drive me in my car My husband was not able to go I got to listen to his songs I got to ask him questions about those songs And I got to say to him I don't know, I'm going to call him Sam I don't know Sam, but these songs are not preparing me For giving honor and glory to God Let's flip <laughs> off the station and let's talk about some other things cool, Grandma. Okay, Grandma But but he he was willing to do that He was willing to hear the message And we need to share the gift of our journey with them sometimes they'll ask us and sometimes when we have those moments for our grandkid to drive us to the store for us to just sit down i still love to color and coloring books with our granddaughters um i love the one-on-one time it is a treasure for us to have grandchildren one-on-one and we love them in groups, but, oh, my gosh, when we get to have those phone conversations with them, when they call us, when we are able to just i will send texts. They're probably think I'm crazy, but Brittany does not have a phone that has a text. And he still has a flip top. But the texts are just thinking. We're thinking about you. How are you doing? How did the, how did the, how did the run go? What's happening in your life? Um, last summer when we were on vacation, five of the kids came into our cabin at Deer Creek and just, they were all boys. And they just sat down and i said so what's happening what's happening in your schools are you being taught the faith my gosh there were four schools represented and each of them had something to say that would scare the daylights out of us as parents about what they're not getting in their schools both all these would be catholic schools so we talked about that and, and what do you do about it and how do you so as we process with them everything's not well as we know in this culture but where do they turn to? I mean, we we can't punish them, and we wouldn't want to. Um, we can't force them to share with us. I think I, last night, Bernie spent the evening with a, a 12-year-old watching this crazy little baseball thing, the all-star something or other. And, and he and Isaac just sat down, and ate, ice, ate ice cream cones, and just watched this together. Bernie wasn't Bernie loves baseball, but that wasn't his favorite game. But Isaac ate it up because his parents don't really like baseball. So find the space where you can walk into and live with them in that space as much as you can, and not forcing, but hoping that if it's joyful, they'll want to share more with you. Just building those bridges with them, we think is such a joy, and it's mm-hmm. such a blessing when parents allow us to do that. Mm-hmm.
1: Cue Dad in just a moment. I'm going to ask you, Dad, uh, some questions about men's ministry in, in particular. But, Mom, what I'm hearing you say, the image I get is in Matthew seven twenty-four mm-hmm. that... They're shifting sand and solid rock. By the way, I hear you guys talking in the background right now. You're coming over he's, the air. Was, so. The
6: speaker's really bad. So hes are you still on me, or shall we shift the well,
1: receiver you can, to Grandpa? You, yeah, you can Man shift it to Grandpa. Well. I'm hearing you both. We hear you. Okay, so. good. So anyways, um, no, Matthew seven twenty four, build on rock uh, versus shifting sand. So when the storms come and all of that happens, we will stand strong and not get swept away. And what I hear my mom saying to you wonderful people out there is you grandparents have uh, a calling and appointing and anointing in this culture with the shifting sand yeah. all of that to be a solid rock. And at some level... Young people, old people, all of us are looking interiorly. We have a conviction that there is a a, a objective truth. They may not use that language, yes. but we know that there's some truth because we, as Cecil B. DeMille says, we can't really break it. We can only break ourselves against it. So grandparents, keep towing that line. Keep bringing that truth with love. Keep bringing it with with clarity to them. So, Dad, you've been involved.
4: Dad, wait a second. Go pass the receiver. All right. Greg, I haven't heard much of what. It's not our. It's not your fault, but it's not going okay. well. Okay. Okay. What do you have? Well, we're talking all. We're hear. talking
1: all-star games and martinis, Dad. Up to this point, but I'm going to shift <laughs> the subject to something that you're really interested in. No. So, Dad, you've been involved in men's ministries for a long time, uh, not only in Columbus, but prior to Columbus. Of course, Columbus stands really iconic throughout the country with its men's conference. You have great Catholic formidability. You yourself lead groups of young men. You and Mom spend time with young families and caring for them. I know you've got a lot to say to men, in particular Catholic men who maybe go to Mass, who are devout and prayerful. What are some prominent thoughts that you have of challenge, here's your chance to take your gloves off, of encouragement and loving challenge to those of us who are religious, but maybe it's not translating into our homes?
4: Well, perhaps, Greg, you are... are Asking me to talk to my favorite subject, which is fathers per se, Go with fatherhood, it. and uh, I'm not prepared for the program, so I hadn't thought a lot about grandfatherhood as such.
1: You can bring fatherhood. You're
4: asking me to uh, split that gap, and my my thinking is that uh, we learn our grandparenting through through our. Parenting and it's a relationship that uh, goes to a higher level once our children leave home and on their own vocations, and we are now talking about those who marry and have children and become grandchildren. And uh, I, I would have lots to say about what I believe and feel. Uh, ought to be the direction that fathers and fatherhood, such as yourself on us, and Dad. your brothers and sisters, right uh, take uh, from a grandparenting and life-lived-as-a-parent perspective. Um, I think what you and I talk a lot about the subject of, of fatherhood and uh, my one-liner, I guess, on that, given I've only been thinking grandfatherhood but my one liner is that parents um, are derelict terribly if they are not seen and viewed and upheld by their by their parents namely me as a grandparent if they are not actively seen as uh, relational with God with their spouse in the Exercise of a form of prayer and 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 sacramental uh, ministry to go to—I I will say—to go to attend a, a men's conference once a year. Yes, is not enough. And the question is, what did you do since your last men's conference? What did you do? Dad, ask your, you know, I ask you, what did you do since you were at Mass last Sunday? Mm -hmm. Did you pray at all this week? Did you need prayer among your family at supper last night, every night? And uh, so... Uh, those are things that I would pick up on and be a little bit more descriptive of uh, with regard to what I believe fatherhood. And from the grandparent point of view, I think it's a matter of, um, well, it's, it's sort of a, a change of life from, from being the, the parent per se to offering uh, advice, suggestions, and of all things, bottom line, I think parent, grandparents need, to be active and involved and continue to exercise uh, involvement with spirituality such that grandchildren see that, experience it, and are sharing it even with their grandparents. If they're only getting it from their parents, okay, not enough. Grandparents, too, all uh, coming together.
1: Fabulous, fabulous. Let me... Let me ask you a question also dad about God's appointing and anointing of grandparents with regard to how to spend their life in this se- How to spend their life in this season of life and specifically the way some may think about that word retirement I know how you think about it but what are your thoughts to peers who are faithful Catholics um, in terms of what that maybe vision maybe ought to be
4: I'm not sure if this is the direction you're asking me, so I will just simply say that as a retired uh, person, whether it be parent or grandparent, of which we are both, uh, wow, what a great time to delve more deeply into our knowledge and awareness of who we are and what we are and, and all about God, and then place that on the basis of loving that person that we get to know more about. And in the, in the, uh, wow, the end of, the beginning of retirement and grandparenthood is not a time to stop being religiously minded and spiritually uh, going forward. That's the time to really pick up on it.
1: That's awesome. Yes, one note, though. May I, may I come back? Yes, one, one note, though. So I want to pass along, not pronouncing you as saints, that I, if I had any power anyways, but you guys are all about using your blessings to be blessers. You are all in, looking at a finish line. You're candid about that. You're taking care of, obviously, the body and soul things, but you guys are all about Um, being present to whomever you can be in building the kingdom, whether it's evangelizing or one-on-one ministry or going into the hospitals or reading books that are going to edify you or passing along articles to others. If you asked me my image of, of what retirement's about based upon you and dad, it's about fully recognizing we are on this earth for eternity and we need to spend these days for the glory of god with the gifts he's given us and the freedom he's given you to some extent you're expending it really from a standpoint of being engaged you are no less engaged than you've than you've ever been before so i just got to say, it. go ahead mom
6: thank you thank you thank you and and i would say it's obviously the glory belongs to god we we're, we're in the bumpy road and we're probably seeing the sun and the sunset in the distance but i want to i want to come back to you parents who are listening. Um, there comes a time that we teach our children, and when we send them off to school, we still teach them. But I believe there's a time that we become the students again because we learn that our ways of, of parenting of so many years ago, the beautiful ways in which you children, you and Stephanie, and, and others of our children parent their children is such a blessing for those of us who had more of a standard traditional way, nothing wrong with that, but the engagement that you have with your children, the friendships that you have with your children, um, the delight in doing things with them that sometimes um, it just takes a lot of pouring out of energy and love and sacrifice. I look back and I'm chuckling because... Most everyone knew we were going to have a house full last weekend, and I was praying for energy. They <laughs> gave me energy. You wow. all gave me energy. Now, Bernie took a little nap along the way. <laughs> that's
0: okay. But that's
6: the other thing about his grandparents. We, we are in a journey of being who we are, and sometimes it's very different than we were when we were 40 years of age. Because our ways of the Lord working us through preparing for our salvation, preparing for eternity blesses us and it sanctifies us. So what you talk about is probably the map um, that every couple has, every individual has for the call to sanctification. Um, sometimes in in the retirement years, I remember counseling couples who said, so what do I do with retirement? I thought I was such a nodal and I was only like 50 years of age. I, I, I could answer that differently today, and that's to to love and to love and to love, and you cannot know what you do not love, and you cannot love what you do not know. That's a St. Augustine, I think. But it truly, truly helps us to use that reflection of we're still knowing about each other. We're still learning about each other. And our love covers the things that are like, oh, my gosh, I, was he like that when he was 26 when I married him? We're all mystery and our grandchildren teach us as well. They bring to us eye-openers for us to be thinking, and they are catalysts for our sanctification. You are all catalysts. We're still on that journey, and we'll be till the day we die. But God bless you and Greg and you and Stephanie and, and your Ignite and all those couples you will never regret. We did those things in different ways in the best way we knew how, but praise God, I, I think of the challenges of the church today. You, you, your your ministry is a light in the darkness. Really? You're giving people great hope and great example, and people want that. And I, I thank you for that. Well, thank um, you. So anyhow,
0: that, speaking that's kind of, of my two cents. Speaking of hope and example, I would be remiss if I did not... Um, just acknowledge the incredible gift that the Lord has blessed me with, with my parents on the other side. Just the great yeah. blessing of you and Dad in my life, and you two being the only set of grandparents that our children have known, and that great um, outpouring of love that you gave me right from the beginning, and certainly our children, um, you and just your constant words of wisdom, you know, mom, uh, when you guys first came on talking about the bumps and such, I often think of, um, your words of wisdom, such as, you know, in those moments where you're, you know, you're not doing it right or all that you can, or just all the shortcomings that we all have, just the prayer that you taught me on your knees, Lord, fill in the gaps that I know I'm leaving. Mm -hmm. you know, and, just the incredible um, prayer that that is, and watching uh, and learning so much. You just mentioned you know, marriage stuff, and you guys have been married 50-plus years, and the beauty and great witness of working it out still. And oh. that's, that is a gift to all of us. I want to just say well, one more thing. I thank
6: you for that, Stephanie, and I'm going to toss it back to thank your parents who formed you and then went to eternity to prepare for you. Mm. And I love the stories of your little house and all of your siblings and the funny stories of you and your brothers. And and, there are plenty. And being at the bedside (laughs) holding Anne Marie's, your father's Mm. passing. And the stories about your mom, I think every every year at the March of Life, I think of that mother and father and that baby, Mm. the dad going home empty-handed with Mm -hmm. a a baby and, and a mother in the arms of Jesus. Your mom and dad, I have every respect that. I get blessed with what they did, I'm gonna, I appreciate that. With what they did, and your children got blessed. They are so alive in you and in your family. It's it is. Thank it's you. truly, truly a gift for you to be thank our daughter by you. marriage, our daughter in this world.
1: Um, so I want to, Mom. I want to cut in That's with a face. with a short time that we have, um, since it is the evening of the All Star. I want Dad to hear this question too, because I'm going to throw you both a fastball. 120 miles an hour over the plate, but I know you can handle it. I know you can hit it out of the park. So in your years of, of wonderful journey of growth, you've also experienced conflict at many levels. Share with us the prominent points of how a Christian Catholic should deal, should look at and should deal with conflict in their life.
4: How I, deal with conflict as a Christian couple. As a Christian deal with what? Conflict. How to deal with conflict? Did I hear you
1: say? Yeah. How teach us in your experience I'm the not, prominent I'm not points? Sure what, what you're so we all I'm deal sorry. with conflict. We all deal with difficulty. We deal with wayward children and challenges in our own lives and struggles. And what what can you teach us about facing and dealing with conflict as a Christian?
4: Well. I've I think it's important, as far as father and and children, or parents and children, I think it's important to periodically have an outing with each of your children, and periodically I mean more than once a year, but have a regular routine of being one-on-one with your children. I, I remembered raising all you children, mom- Being very busy with motherly things on Saturday morning, uh, taking one or the other to Holy Mass on Saturday morning and having a fast food breakfast, if you will, and and talking about uh, their lives, etc. That doesn't have to do with conflict, per se, other than if conflict is a problem, that is one way to open up the open up the conversation and, and and share and talk a little bit about it um i Great. Uh, other, other than that it's to have a real sense of uh, a certain kind of understanding of parental responsibility and authority is a word and a certain amount of responsibility that children Recognize that their day is coming, but right at this point they are to learn and to receive and to be open to what you as father uh, want them to know and to be.
1: That's awesome. I, I think Dad as we read the papers as we, okay. as we meet as we read the papers and become aware of the culture around us, what do we yeah. experience if not conflict and political arenas, in ecclesial arenas, all children fashioned for God. And uh, we, we encounter these things. And I think a big thing that grandparents can bring to us is wisdom and how to deal with differences and how to deal with conflict and how to align them, if you will, more fully with God. So I didn't quite know what I was going to expect in asking you that question, but I do think that too many cut and run. They face conflict and challenge, and they, they maybe choose either not to say anything ever, or they choose to just be maybe bombastic and and, uh, and and annoying, or they may choose to simply disappear. And um, obviously, I think we're seeing in this world today a need for interpersonal connection, which means to have mercy yep. with uh, with one another, which means to be patient with one another, which means to, as Stephen Covey says, seek first to understand. Then be understood. Yes. I mean, how many of us really do that well? It's such a simple, one of the habits of highly effective people. But, uh, you know, how important has that been in your marriage and family and life to really seek to empathize with somebody, particularly with whom we have conflict first, before we seek to kind of make our point known?
6: Greg, I, I'm going to circle you back um, when you identified that question. I, I really believe that that parents need to... Open the door either through Catholic radio that you're on, through um, National Catholic Register, through the Do newspapers, through, papers, through the, the papers that talk about the world, and sit down with them. I know when your children come, they read the paper, and to talk with them what's in that paper because it's their world too. And and how to address what do they mm. say, what do they think, what can you like, can you shine on them, can you give them hope? Can you give them encouragement for knowing how to deal as they're entered into that world of decision-making? I believe those are decisions and situations that we deal with our own grandchildren. And I think the more that we have those moments in which we don't always hear each other well as grandparent or parent to child, our children being 40, 50 years of age, whatever, um, being able to have the courage to pray through, um, to bring up the topic to ask if it can be talked about, find ways in which we don't stuff those situations Mm. that have a huge consequence, but find a way to pray them into the presence in light and find a way in which somehow we can touch those children that we love who might be making some pretty not good decisions. Don't wipe them off. Don't rule them out. Don't look the other way and complain. Be in the prayer with them and for them. And sometimes bring it up in a way that they might be grumpy and not talk to you for a couple months, but usually you can come back and re-enter. If you send those notes, you send those songs, you stay in touch with them. Oftentimes, you can come back and re-enter that conversation. It's a little different the next time around.
1: That's awesome. Mom, I think the beautiful answer, and I presume, and maybe you presume when I ask that question about conflict, what we grew up with, but many have not, and that is what? That is endeavoring as much as is possible to honor and respect others by being respectfully candid about important things. Yes, there's a time and a place to discuss things, and we know the heat of the moment is not a place to continue a meaningful conversation. But in our home, just for everybody to hear, I think while we're all on a journey, we certainly are working out our salvation with fear and trembling, all us leaders. If we didn't know the mess, we wouldn't need a Messiah. Yes, all of that. But But I will say that the fertile ground has profoundly been we inherited from you guys, and that is an atmosphere where we can really speak and communicate things to own them, discuss them, talk about them in a way, I think, that opens up the door to the relationship being built. And you also spoke to the fact that um, there are objective truths. That we're seeking that anchor, that there are these magazines and, you know, Catholic Radio, et cetera, that can anchor us and, and give us, if you will, a logical framework, especially in the world today where desire is equated with the moral good. Whatever I desire must be good. I mean, there are a lot of people who are really suffering with that, with that dogma of what I desire yeah. is the moral good. And, and so how do we speak to that? Well, at least grandparents and parents open the door to address it. Ask the logical questions. And uh, I would say, for me, a thing, it takes a while to learn, but do it somewhat, try to do it dispassionately. I, I, you know, my, this is where I say mm-hmm. to my kids, that my ceiling be your floor. My kids have taken it to that level. They're able to communicate these truths and try to address them in a way that is... Um, uh, it's always calm, generally, almost all of our children, and that's something I've learned, if you will, from them in dealing with conflict. Yes. So. I I, I think you're right, on
6: Greg, and, and you you and Stephanie, God bless you for this wonderful program for what you're doing and forming in many ways, forming intentional Catholic Christian disciples in the world. Our world desperately needs you, and uh, don't give hope, give up hope. The Lord is at work, and if there are bumps, he's just making you stronger and richer by his grace to deal with those bumps and help other people know that they, too, will get through them. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting us, for including thank us. You. I'm sorry. Has it been a bad connection? No, it's condition? okay. We you're need to we need
1: to land the plane now. Cause, uh, but thank you so much, Dad and Mom, for being with us. Um, we're going to conclude with a prayer in the name of the Father, thank Son, the honor, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Lord Jesus, you fashioned us in your image, given the capacity to love, to literally participate in you who are the Trinity. We renounce all that is not of you, that we may be flooded with your holy grace to overflow in our marriages and families in this world. For the glory of your name, through Christ our Lord, we pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen.